What's up, church planners and church planning enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and my fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. How you doing, Matt? Dude, I'm doing so good. Man, that's great to hear. Thanks, bro. I'm really, I'm really excited. I genuinely think you think that. I genuinely do think that. Amen. Well, hey guys, you are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you are a lead church planter, you're on a planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. This week, Matt, we're going to be talking about what to do when people hurt you. So you face conflict, you're going to face criticism whenever you're church planting. Uh, So uh, Matt, what's been your experience with conflict and and criticism uh, in your church planting journey? Oh gosh, man. I, I th- you know what I think honestly I think that this is such a broad subject for life. You know what I mean? We're, we're going to talk about things that are so specific to church planting, and and we're going to talk about obviously this is in the church planting context. But there are so many people just in life in general <clears throat> that need some of these principles we're going to unpack and talk about today. Yep. I, I think, man, honestly, my experience has been I think what hurts the most though bringing it into church planting. I think what hurts the most is you pour into people um, from the harvest speci- specifically. You you love people. You journey with them. You you walk with them. You care for them. You care for their family, man. Yep. And and then they just walk away. Yep. Or they or they hurt you with words, or they spread gossip, or whatever it might be. And it's just like, man, like where's this coming from? You know, like yep. I've done so much for you. Do you yep. not see this? Sure. And um and it just hurts. It hurts a little bit. Well, they're, and they're, I'm excited about this topic. You know, this is relevant not just for church planters and, and any pastor. This is really yeah. relevant for anybody because we're all going to have times uh, in our lives where people are going to hurt us, let us down, annoy us. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there are. Annoy us. Yeah, annoy us. There are plenty. We should probably elaborate. Yeah, we that. should. Uh, you will have that. Like, you're going to have yeah. people that are just going to make you want to punch them in the face when you're church planting. Yeah, but you, you shouldn't. You can't. No, you shouldn't. Hey, Orphans, listen to me. Listen to Ignacio. I know it is fun to wrestle. A nice pile drive to the face. Mm-hmm. Or a punch <laughs> to the face. Mm-hmm. But you cannot do it. You can't. Because do it. it is in the Bible not to wrestle your neighbor. <laughs> It is in the Bible not to wrestle your name. We get a scripture reference for that. Not sure. Yeah, man, that's one of my favorite ones. Right that's there. a good one, bro. It is a good one. Yeah. So there are times where you just want to wrestle your neighbor yes. when you're church planning, but you cannot do it. No, you because cannot. Because it is in the Bible not to wrestle not your neighbor. To wrestle so your we're going to talk about today how you can refrain from wrestling your neighbor. Yes. In church planting. Absolutely. So, uh, well, let's. Uh, you know. I think that this, you know, this topic, um, you know, shouldn't surprise us that it happens because we see it in the Bible. I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this topic, uh, preparing this week and uh, thought about Paul, right? Conflict and criticism was something that was, you know, pretty constant. He lived with it. Yeah. He lived with it, you know, just at the end, uh, you know, towards the end of his life, he was writing the letter to Timothy, second Timothy and, you know, chapter one, uh, verse 15 and 18, he's, he talks about how, uh, Phagellus and Hermogenes turned away from him. And then in chapter four, 
he talks about how Demas deserted him because mm. he fell in love with this present world. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like almost the whole church in Corinth was mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they were turning on him. So I think, you know, conflict comes from two different sources. It's going to come from within the church yeah. and it's going to come uh, from outside of the church. So yeah. uh, what are some types of conflict uh, that you've experienced from within the church? I think from within the church, I mean, over the years, you know, 16, 17 years of ministry outside of church planning, um, just in the pastorate, I mean, there's been conflict over truth, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, uh, people, people not liking what you're saying. And it's, it's like, well, we can't change it. It's the truth. It's the word of God. And so, you know, so there's conflict inside the church over truth. Yep. There's conflict inside the church over, um, over maybe methodology, yep. you know, maybe worship style or communication style, or even as simple as when we do the offering or when we do the announcements, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's some of our listeners are really dealing with those things right now. I know they are mm -hmm. right. And those are real issues that, that churches and church leaders go through, man. And so sometimes the conflict, very oftentimes, sometimes it's over those things, but very oftentimes it's just about relationships. Yep. It's about personality uh, differences and, and conflict. People don't like somebody. They don't like a leader. They don't like a, a small group teacher or whatever it might be. And they don't like that person. And so they start to stew over it. They don't deal with it. We do conflict resolution absolutely terrible in the church for the most part. Yep. And so we don't ever really biblically deal with conflict. And so it just kind of settles in the heart and we grow um, arrogant. We, we grow angry. We hold grudges. And the worst thing about all of this, bro, is it just really starts to quench the spirit of God. Yep. Yeah. I think our culture is terrible in general at dealing with conflict. Almost I definitely. think we've kind of lost the art of how to do so. I mean, you know, it's another podcast for another time on, you know, the reasons for that. But, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, we, you know, we're so politically correct and, you know, we don't want to hurt feelings. Yeah. Uh, but actually what that does is it just makes conflict worse. Yeah. It makes it grow. And, you know, when that gets inside the church, uh, I think that's one of the primary ways that Satan can absolutely destroy a work. Of absolutely. God, uh, and he can actually absolutely tear apart a church through conflict, through uh, stubbornness and through pride. Absolutely. People not wanting to humble themselves and make it right. Yeah. Um, you know, that can be deadly for yeah. a church, especially a church plant that is so young and it's in its early stages. Uh, it's, you're more vulnerable when you're yeah. younger. You don't have, you're not as established. You don't have your roots down deep yet. Uh, and so you've got to be careful. And as the planter, I think you have to, I mean, it's your job to guard the flock. Oh, man. Shepherd the flock. Absolutely. And I, and I would say this to all the church planners listening. Some of your greatest conflict is going to come over vision, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. God has given you a vision and you've prayed for that vision. You fasted for that. Hopefully you've done these things. You know, it's not just a canned vision, mm -hmm. but like you've prayed for that vision. You fasted for that vision. You sought the Lord for that vision and he's given it to you out of his word and you begin to implement it with that core team. And listen, man, there's going to be some people that come into that and they're going to be like, I don't want to do this, right? It's <laughs> like your kids and their vegetables, right? It's like, you can't just eat candy. You can't just eat sweets. You got to eat your greens. You got to eat some of that meat. You know, you got to do these things. And people are going to come in and they're going to be like, I don't like that vision. Yep. And every church planner, listen, you're going to have a choice to make. I mean, we'll do many podcasts on vision because it's so vital in church planning. Yep. But you're going to have a choice to make. You can cater to every single person that comes along mm. to do what they want to do. And that's not really doing what God's called you to do. Or you can stand firm 
and embrace the vision God has for your life and understand that some people, it's not going to be for everyone. And a church that caters to every single person that comes along is a church that has no direction. That's absolutely right. They have no vision. You know, and I've, I've been a part of churches like that where, you know, they've got, you know, 1900 different programs going on because, you know, they want to please everybody in the church and they don't, if they have a mission statement, they haven't looked at it or read it in, you know, three years and nobody even abides by it. And it's, it doesn't govern what they do uh, because they're just trying to please everybody that comes in. You know, one of the biggest questions when I'm working with church planners and and I'll say, who who do you, who do you want to reach in your community? You know what the answer almost always is? Everybody. Everybody. Mm -hmm. But the reality of that is you're not going to reach everybody. Of course we want to see, we know that we know the heart behind that response. We want to see that everybody come to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, but ultimately, that vision that God's placed in your heart, he's done so because he's much wiser than you, yeah. and he knows who his spirit is going to draw. Absolutely. And so you got to be open to that, and you got to yeah. be clear on that. Well, vision hijackers, definitely one thing that uh, can cause conflict from, from within. And I know, I think for me, one of the most um, discouraging things, and I think one of the things that I was not expecting when yeah. I first started my church planting journey was uh, new believers that fall away. Mm. Um, and it happens so hard, far more than I wish it did. Right. Um, you know, and, and I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that you got to guard against on that. You know, yeah. first of all, you've got to guard against getting bitter. I yes. Think. I think you gotta, you gotta guard against, you know, getting mad about it or getting frustrated over it. Yeah. Uh, and you just got to recognize that God is sovereign yeah, uh, that God is in control, and you know the parable of the four soils. That's it, bro. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. How much do we talk? How much do we talk about oh, that all the time? We past several years. All the time. Yeah. So the parable of the four soils. Uh, you know Matthew thirteen, I yep. believe it is. Right. Jesus said a sower went out to sow, and he, you know he sowed some seed, and some fell along the path, and the birds came and snatched it up. Some fell among the uh, the rocky soil, and it didn't. Uh, the roots didn't grow down deep. Uh, and so it withered away. Some fell among the the thorns, and the weeds came up and choked it out. And then some fell on good soil, yeah. right? And it produced fruit and it multiplied 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. One, one of the number one things, our worship leader, Odane Barrett at Fellowship Pickering, mm-hmm. one of the greatest things, oh, always praise for for the works and, and the fellowships is that we would find good soil, yep. that the gospel seed would land on good soil. A church planner, that's, you're listening, that's one of the best things you can pray for your people yeah. as they go out and share. Yeah. That parable never meant as much sense to me until I started planning churches. Yep, absolutely. And one other area uh, where, and I can just promise you, uh, if you've planted before, then you, you'll know this is true. Or if you're thinking about planting at some point in the future, this is going to happen. Uh, people from your core team are going to leave. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, I think I heard a statistic that like uh, the average core team uh, you know, member leaves within two years yeah. uh, of your church starting. And I, you know, some of that's a product of just the type of people that get attracted to church planting. That's right. You know, I think they're more apostolic in nature yeah. and they tend to, to want to move around. A lot of time, younger people yep. get uh, attracted to church planting, so they're more immature and they tend to not want to stick things out. Yep. Uh, and they kind of look for the next best thing. Uh, yeah. And then they're, they take off. Uh, so, that, you know, that's happened with us, you know, and, yeah. so, you know, um, sometimes people are going to leave for valid reasons. Sometimes they're going to leave for, you know, not so valid reasons. Right. Uh, but again, I, I think you've got to guard against getting bitter over that as yeah. well. You know, one of the things I remember you actually uh, started praying this for us but when we first came up here. And so we started praying it uh, all the time is God, uh, 
bring us the right people and mm-hmm. keep the wrong people away. That's right. And I've seen God be so faithful yeah. to that prayer. And I, I would encourage any guy listening, man, always continue to pray that prayer. Pray yeah. that if you're a pastor and you're a pastor in a church that's a hundred years old. That's pray right. That prayer. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great word, man. God'll do it too. He's faithful. He wants to he wants to make you the he wants to make the church the lean mean machine is supposed to be. Can I just I'll say one other thing too. Um, I don't know if you're going to get to it, but man, when we see people that leave young believers, mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't, I, who all's listening? I don't know, but I think it's one of the number one things that hurts and causes so much bitterness and conflict yep. because you, you expect it out of maybe people who get disgruntled with a worship style or an established church or something like that. And they leave and they're like, I'm going to go do something different, you know, or your kids ministry sucks. So I'm going to take my family over here to this. Cause they got a really cool kids ministry, you know, and I, I understood all that, but then coming into this, I, I had this, just these rose colored glasses on where I thought these people are going to come to Christ and they're going to fall just so in love with this vision and with Christ, most importantly, to multiply and do this, they're just going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not the case. Yeah. They they will fall a- away and it will cause conflict. And the reason why I bring that up is I was going to say this. One thing I think church members have to really guard is that when new believers fall away, we think that we got to shift our methodology. Mm-hmm. We start to change everything and we stop trusting in the power of the gospel. Mm, yeah. We we stop knocking on doors. Yeah. We stop inviting people on Sunday mornings to respond. We stop giving formal invitations. I don't, I, we could talk about that. I'm, you know, I'm really passionate about that. But, you know, we stop inviting people to respond to the to the word. We stop doing those things because we think we got to walk with somebody for 17 years before they can actually be genuine, true, converted mm-hmm. followers of Jesus. And th- those are lies. Yeah. Those are lies from the enemy. Yeah. We're not in control of that stuff. Yeah. Well, I, you know. I know how discouraging that it feels when those things start happening. And, you know, and I think a lot of times they tend to happen all at once too. you know, kind of when it rains, it pours. Absolutely. And you just got to remember not to be surprised at the fiery trial that is coming upon you. Like it is, it is not an indication that you're not called to plant. It's not an indication that God is not moving in your city or in your life or in your context. It's not an indication that, you know, somehow God's not blessing you because yeah. you're you're living in sin. I mean, that's possible. So if you're living in sin, stop, stop it. it. Stop it. Stop. Just stop it. But but you know, those things are going to happen. They're I mean, it happened happen, to Paul. It, it it we see it in Scripture. We've seen it throughout church history. I've yeah. seen it in you know the ministries of of so many men that I, I love and respect. And you just got to remember that. I mean, this comes with the territory. It's actually an indicator that you are on the front lines. Yeah. Jesus said the world you're, hates us. You're what what's that? In the trenches? You're in the trenches. That sounds like an awesome podcast name. It does. We wow. should start one called We should in start the one called In the Trenches. But you know, it's Jesus says it, right? Jesus says the world hates us. They yeah. hated me, they're gonna hate you. And hey, it, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. we have not gotten the conflict without yet. You're messing up my <laughs> Am I messing up your script? Oh, I'll, I'll pause. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> No, continue your thought. No, I was just going to say, you know, like if Jesus says it, why do we think that we're better than Christ? Why do we think we're not going to receive the persecution? Why do we think we're not going to get into the conflict? Servant's not greater than his master. Absolutely, man. So, okay. What what do you do with a disruptor though? So we've talked a little bit about yeah. what to do, how to handle it when you know somebody you know leaves or a, a new disciple falls away, and yeah. that can be really discouraging. But what about when you got somebody who uh, you really kind of wish would leave and they're not leaving? 
Then what do you do? Yeah. This one, <laughs> I'm laughing because you, you, you automatically in our churches across the network, think I think, I think of people, you know, <laughs> um, I, you know, this one really caught me off guard because <laughs> you, you thought, I thought I, you always thought like my experiences in church life, uh, which is primarily in the Bible Belt in the States, you know, my, throughout my ministry, you, when people are disgruntled, they leave. For the most part, they leave. They're like, I'm going down to Big Box Church or, yep. you know, whatever. And and you, 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 we call those blessed subtractions. You know, it's like, <laughs> amen, brother. Yeah. I think you should go as well. I think God's calling you as well. Yeah. But in church planning, oftentimes it's like, I hate your vision. I hate this mission. I hate you. But they come back every <laughs> single week yeah. and you ask yourself, why are you here? Yeah. And so what do we do with those people? We love them. We love them. You yeah. know, we're not called to love people who love us. And the Bible says all kinds of things about that. Yeah. Right? That's easy. Yeah. Our reward for that is simple. Yeah. We're, we're called to love people who are difficult, who, who annoy us who push our buttons, who, who, um, who, who struggle with obeying the word of God, who struggle with all kinds of things. Right. And I think it's also a, a beautiful way as I'm getting older, I'm learning this, um, the spirit's still teaching me much about this, but I think it's also a beautiful way that God keeps us humble and accountable mm -hmm. because it's, in a lot of ways, symbolic of our relationship with the father, right? You know, how many times do we probably annoy him? Yeah. Absolutely. And how many times do we disobey? How many times do we do what we're not supposed to do? But yet yeah. there he is. He loves yeah. us. Absolutely. And he's the great shepherd. We're mm -hmm. shepherds. Now, I think that I put a qualifier on what you said. Absolutely. Uh, I think you're absolutely right up to a certain point. I didn't want to get ahead of the script. <laughs> I, I was going to say, but there's always a, but, there's those people, right? <laughs> so I think up to a certain point, uh, you know, yeah. and I think that the threshold is if somebody starts to become a disruption to the body yeah. uh, as a whole, I think that's when, you know, you need to, you can't just continue to let the status quo be maintained. No. Uh, so we've had that happen a couple of times with yeah. us. So we, you know, we planted in a pretty, um, you know, needy area. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's a lot of, uh, you know, drug addiction, and there's a lot of mental illness here, uh, which has actually been the most of our, you know, struggle has been with mental illness yeah. uh, that we've encountered. And I think that, um, you know, if you've got somebody, whether it's a, a false teacher, now a false teacher is a whole nother story. If you've got somebody who's a false teacher, Absolutely. and they're spreading, and they're coming in and they're, you know, they're spreading lies basically about the gospel in your church. Sure. I think, you know, you, you warn them once or twice. And after that, you know, they that's right. Go. Because at that point you're the shepherd, right? Where yeah. we do, we protect the sheep from exactly. the wolves. Yeah. And we, I always, we tell people all the time, Hey, we want our church to be a safe place where no matter where you're at in your relationship with God, yeah. you can come and you can learn what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. You don't have to be there. You don't have to have arrived yet. You, yeah. you don't have to agree with everything that we say, as long as you're just willing to come and learn and listen and yeah. challenge us, ask us tough questions. We're not afraid of them. In the I, right context, yeah, in, in the, the right environment, absolutely. not when you're preaching. Absolutely. But I think when somebody, you know, starts getting to the point where it's pretty clear that they're, they're not really wanting to come and learn. They're yeah. not, they don't have a humble posture. They just want to come and they want to, they want to argue. They want to refute everything that you're saying. Yeah. Like at that point, 
uh, you know, <clears throat> I was reading uh, actually my my daily Bible reading, Titus chapter three yesterday. Yeah. Paul told Titus, he said, "As for people who cause disruptions, after warning them twice, have nothing more to do with them." Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty clear. Like, yeah. hey, this is serious. And if somebody's causing disruptions and division yeah. in the church, at some point you've got to you're responsible for the entire flock. Yeah, as the pastor, I would say also we need to. We need to talk about what it looks like when non-believers are calling the disruptions and people who claim Jesus are causing the disruptions. Absolutely. Sometimes there's church discipline that's necessary, mm -hmm. working through that process that mm -hmm. Christ gives to us, right, with those who claim Christ. Now, the, the murky water is when people who claim Jesus model or demonstrate no fruit, they bear nothing, yep. no resemblance of Jesus. But I think that's important that we talk about that because yep. you're right. I mean, the, the scripture is clear. When somebody is in our church plants and they're, they're, they, they come for the sole purpose to bring division, <laughs> yeah. our, our heart is to be unified. Mm -hmm. We're to bring unity. Paul speaks all throughout the New Testament about the power of unity in the church. Mm -hmm. And if there's somebody who claims Jesus and all they want to do is bring division, that's a problem. Yeah. And it will impede vision. It's going to impede multiplication. It's going to stop progress is going to quench the Holy Spirit and you got to deal with it as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's talk real quick about conflict from without. Now's your moment to shine, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so conflict from, from, from without types of what kind of conflict are you going to face when you are in the trenches from outside of the church? Well, I think the, the first one is the enemy is going to attack you. Uh, you, you know, you're going to, there's going to be all kinds of things that happen um, there's going to, there's going to be people that, um, you know, I, I've heard all kinds of stories. We've had things happen to us, you know, I mean, we're in spiritual battle, mm -hmm. right? We're in spiritual warfare and you have to be ready for that. You have to understand that that's going to happen yeah. and, and that Satan wants to get to you. We talked a little bit about that, I think last episode, but you have to be, you have to be ready for that. You have to understand. That's why we always get back to this. It's going to kind of be the theme that we talk about constantly. Nothing's more important than abiding. Nothing's more important than abiding in Christ right. out of that overflow, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, yep. because there are just some things in life. I don't care how great your plan is. I don't care how great your church planting prospectus is or whatever it is. Things are not going to go like you had planned. That's right. And so what happens when you get punched in the face by the enemy? Yep. Are you going to quit? Yep. I mean, we've seen it. Some guys do because they're not filled. They're not prepared. They're not ready. And yep. you have to understand that conflict's going to come. Yeah. And, like you said, it can come in all different forms. Um, yeah. I think, you know, one of the common tactics of the enemy is to attack your marriage. Um, yes. And you have got, you know, we're, Guard we're, that. we're, we're actually uh, planning on doing an entire podcast uh, on, on marriage and, and we're going to have our wives on Absolutely. Uh, to kind of do that podcast with us and what that looks like within church planting. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times through sickness, uh, you know, they'll, you know, they'll be attacked that yep. way. And then uh, there's also just going to be, you know, uh, there's going to be resistance to the gospel. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to, uh, you know, have, you know, people who are going to attack you, you know, um, who are going to decide that they don't like the fact that your church is there and that you're doing what you're doing. Yep. And, you know, they're going to try to come against you, uh, in different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, I, I, like you were alluding to earlier, I think that, uh, that's just a sign that you're actually doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing and yeah. you're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. There's no conflict in your, in your ministry, if there's nothing going on there, I mean, that's not a good sign I've discovered. I mean, I don't mean conflict like in the, within the church. I mean, if sure. there's not people constantly attacking you or attacking what you're trying to do, telling you, I, I, I've had, 
I can't tell you how many people we've had, you know, that champion multiplication, but then they say, you know, why would you just keep starting these churches? I mean, mm -hmm. why not just all come together and be one big church? Mm -hmm. So it's not our vision. It's nothing wrong with other churches that do that. It's just not our vision. So some, and I would just say this: sometimes the conflict comes, or the attack comes from the most unlikely sources. You you, you think it's going to come from the guy, you know, the atheist down the street or whatever, and actually it comes from uh, a brother or sister, you know, that's supposed to be holding up your arms, mm -hmm. and you know they say what you're doing doesn't make any sense, or they like you alluded to earlier, they leave your core group, they leave your team. That's when it hurts the most, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Paul said in uh, 2 Timothy 3.12, he said, all who live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Yes. Like, he didn't say you probably will or, you know, you might. He said you will. And yeah. so, you know, I, I tell people all the time, if you're not at all, like, something's wrong. Yeah. Because Paul said, if you're living a godly life in Christ Jesus, that you will. Yeah. So if you're not. Are you living a godly life in Christ Jesus? Are you really following Jesus? Right. Uh, and so, you know, in many ways, I think that conflict from without is actually an assurance that, yeah. you know, we're doing uh, exactly what God's called us to do. So what would you say, Matt, to a planner right now who's discouraged because of conflict that's coming from outside the church? Maybe it's just resistance to the gospel. They're not seeing people come to faith or there's, you know, some they're getting attacked from some area or their marriage is just, you know, like really struggling, uh, where can they turn? What can they do? Always turn to the Lord. That sounds so generic and sounds so spiritual, but, but I've discovered in my own life that when that conflict's coming and those kinds of things, I want to fix it. Right. I want to like, I want it to go away. I want it to be solved. I want it to stop because just within our flesh, we don't like conflict. We don't like being attacked. We don't like any of that stuff. We want to get along with people, you know, unless you're a jerk and you should stop being a jerk. But, you know, <laughs> we, we like that comfort of what that involves. And, and so we got to understand this, man. Sometimes, very oftentimes, conflict comes into our life. God allows conflict to come into our life because he's trying to make us more like himself. And we don't learn lessons when things are just great and everybody loves what we're doing. Everybody loves the vision. Everybody's getting saved. Everybody's uh, following in believer's baptism. Everybody wants to sign up for discipleship. You know what I mean? And and, and so we got to turn back to the Lord and we got to go back to him. We got to ask the spirit for wisdom. We got to ask God to give us wisdom. One thing I'm learning as I get older and older when conflict comes in my life, this is a lesson that's taken way too many years to learn. But it's a lesson that's very valuable, I believe. When conflict comes in my life right now at the age of 37 versus when I was 20 doing ministry or 21, I ask myself if there's any validness to why there's conflict. Mm -hmm. So if somebody says, for example, Matt, the way you're doing things, it's not the right way. Mm -hmm. I could take a posture of listening and saying, maybe there's something to this. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's actually something in my heart and I have a blind spot and I've offended, especially if it's a brother or sister in Christ, mm -hmm. I've offended this person and I'm not doing things the way I'm supposed to do. That's a posture of listening. Yeah. The other one is the, the flesh posture. That's the posture of defensiveness. Yeah. Oh, how dare you? This is my vision. This is what we're doing. This is how we're supposed to be doing it. How dare you tell me? Mm -hmm. I'm not God. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the older I'm getting, the more I'm learning that when conflict comes in my life, I need to listen. Now, there's some people, I just they're just idiots. Yeah. Like they just, they're unbiblical. They they don't want you to succeed. They don't want 
your, your ministry to thrive. They don't want your family to thrive. They're just angry at God. They're angry at life. And you're just like, they're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to pray for them to go away. Yeah. Um, so I would say those things to church planners. That's great, man. I, you know, I think humility is so important. Um, humility can, uh, you know, uh, Proverbs says a, a soft answer turns away wrath. Yeah. And, and I think that if we would keep that in mind and we would actually yeah. heed to that wisdom, it would probably stop a lot of conflict in its tracks before it even yeah. really took root. Yeah. Um, if we just had a soft answer, if we took a humble posture and like you said, you know, said, okay, maybe there's something to what this person is saying. Um, at the same time, look, you're going to face criticism yeah. when you're in leadership in any realm, any capacity. Like it doesn't matter if you're church planning or if the C, you're if the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. You're going to get criticized. Manage of a grocery store, right? Yeah, yeah. People doesn't are going to people are going to criticize you, and so as a planter, you've got to uh, you, you've got to you know keep in mind like who am I serving here? That's you know exactly who am right. I who am I living to please? Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, like yes, you should you know constructive criticism. Criticism, you should heed it and you know take it to heart. But a lot of times, that criticism is just going to be because you know somebody's a jerk or somebody just doesn't like you or somebody just wants to nitpick and those things. And I think you just gotta, at, at the end of the day, know that I'm not going to please everybody. Yeah. And ultimately, um, the only opinion that matters is God's opinion. Uh, I'm not here to get results. I'm here to be faithful to what God's called me to do. Man, I just had a thought, Jerry. You talking about that's so good. What you just said. I would just say self awareness is so powerful yep. as a church planner, knowing who you are. If you know you tend to want to please people, which I see all the time in church planners, mm -hmm. you know, we have a tendency to want to please people because we're trying to start something. And if you know that's something that you really struggle with, you need to make sure that you're connected to the vine, like you're talking about. You're, you're trying to please God because when that conflict comes, you'll cave to it if it's not truth. Yep. You'll, you'll cave to whatever they, they're they bringing at you because you want them to stay or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. You want that conflict to go away mm -hmm. so you don't feel that tension or pain. Yep. And self-awareness is really powerful. Yep. So knowing where Satan wants to attack you. If you want to please people, understand that. Yep. You know, that you're more prone to, to, to dr have vision drift mm -hmm. and those kinds of things to please people instead of dealing with um, things the right way. Yeah. But something you were saying earlier, to um, is you know just remembering that that God uses these things to sanctify us to Absolutely. make us holy you know so I think you know let that you know if you're in the midst of some of this right now uh, let that you know conflict drive you to your knees yeah um, and and God will uh, sanctify you He will work out holiness in your life yeah. through these things and, and it increases it increases our dependence upon Him and um, if you haven't memorized Galatians chapter six verse nine I'd encourage you to go do that. Uh, it's, uh, you know, an incredible encouragement from Paul where he says, uh, do not, do not grow weary of doing good for yeah. just the right time. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Yeah. So man, Amen. just don't grow weary of doing good. That, that would be my, you know, as we talk about marching orders, uh, that would be my first, my first, uh, marching order is go memorize Galatians six, nine, and, and just remember, uh, and be encouraged by the perseverance that we're called to. And then, um, uh, secondly, if there is a conflict going on right now uh, in your life, um, I, I'd encourage you to think about, okay, uh, have I taken a humble posture in this, first of all, and mm. what can I do to be yeah. the initiator in resolving this conflict? And I think Jesus is our greatest example because you yeah. know the greatest conflict came 
between us and God. Our sin separated yeah. us from God, and we were totally at fault. Yeah. God was not at fault at all. Yeah. He was perfect. Well, I, he was, preach. Yeah, I, well, hey, hey, you better get me. You better stop me. Or I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah. No, but it's he, so true, though, man. Right. And so, what did God do? God took the first step. He Amen. took the initiative. He left heaven and he came right. to earth, right? And he bore that punishment, right? He While we were still price. yet sinners. Right. He paid the price. And so yeah. he's called us to do the same. Absolutely. So how can you uh, how can you pay that price in that conflict? You, you know what blows my mind? I know where it comes to the end of this episode. You know what blows my mind is when you when you meet Christians who have been walking the Lord a long time and they still have this posture of it's not reconciliation. It's it's holding grudges. It's bitterness towards people. This yeah. person, they they hold a, an account of their wrongs. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they do exactly what Jesus says not to do, yeah. right? Like they they literally keep a logbook of of all people's wrongs. And it's like when they see these people, it's like that person did this and this person did that. I love that marching order, man, because we we're <laughs> supposed to be agents of reconciliation in this world. And if we can't be, uh, if we can't reconcile. With with people even within the church that that claim to know Christ, how in the world are we supposed to go and reconcile people back to Jesus that don't know Him? And so it's so powerful. Absolutely. Well, guys, um, that's the end of our time for this week. But we want to thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure you head on over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com, to listen to other episodes uh, and. By the way, we really need your help getting the word out. So if this podcast episode has been a blessing to you, if you're benefiting at all from this, uh, we want to get this material into the hands of as many church planters and ministers as possible. Uh, So one of the ways that you can help us do that is by going on iTunes and hitting the subscribe button, subscribing to this podcast, and then give us a rating uh, with a written review, five-star ratings only, please. Five stars. Um, If you have a problem with us and uh, there is conflict, uh, between you and myself and Matt, well, we're not aware of it, and we don't. So we're going to carry on like there's no conflict. We don't care. So you just need to humble yourself and get over it. <laughs> I don't know if I... <laughs> we got to follow our own marching orders. Yeah, I'm joking. But hey, we'd be really uh, grateful if you get on iTunes and subscribe and, and leave a written review, and then just share this podcast with uh, with your friends. So hey, we'll be back next week, next Monday, with another episode. So until then. Go out there and get in those trenches, church planters. Yeah.